This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunda Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series, our twice weekly show on a Tuesday and a Friday at 5 pm. However, we have had to move these shows for the moment. So we are joining you at 4 pm UK time, right before, of course, the Portugal Hunger game kicks off at 5. So that's why there's a difference in, in time changes. It will return to normal, I imagine, after the Euros are finished. But just be aware and make sure you stay tuned to at the Gunda Talk TV on Twitter to keep up to date of when the show are going to be. I've been joined by three fantastic guests. I'm going to introduce you to them in a second. First of all, though, as always, we are sponsored by Football Prizes and we've got a great prize for you this week with a signed Gilberto Silva uh, invincible shirt from that famous season, of course. Uh, looking back, uh, a fantastic year for Arsenal, winning that title. And of course, if you want to win this shirt, you can by buying a ticket. There's uh, 28 been sold so far and it's got three days left. It will be revealed on Friday which one has won. And we will also be revealing on Friday which one of our members has won the free ticket to the competition as well. Uh, I have to say a massive congratulations to Jared Carver, who's now won his second prize uh, in this, which is quite crazy when you consider how many tickets go in each prize. But he's now won a signed Dennis Bergkamp shirt, and then last week he won the signed Nicolas Pepe shirt as well. So he's a madman, but he's going to have his wall completely filled soon. Uh, with all of his shirts so congratulations to him and it does go to show that if you are a member you can in fact win so you should go in for those anyway let's introduce you to my guests for today's transfer podcast first of all it's pablo how you doing mate are you well are you good mute sorry unmute myself how are you doing mate you good yes very well thank you enjoying the euros uh, not watch much of it, I'll be honest. Been so busy with no. work, so I've found many watched one game. thing though, haven't you? Tell me yes. what the moment is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me go first. <laughs> now, I obviously saw the goal against Scotland, that was amazing. But Shit. my actual yeah. point, like my main point of the Euro so far, was the way the Danish team reacted to Ericsson's um yeah. thing and sort of all crowded around and like made a circle around him and stuff. I thought that was quite inspiring to watch. 
It was indeed. It was inspiring, scary as hell. Uh, easy mm. probably one of the scariest moments I've seen watching a game. But yeah, nice of you to steal the two big moments from the other guys, Pablo. But uh, we'll, see, we'll see what they come up with. Uh, second on our list, it's Ojo. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? I'm good. I'm good, Tom. How are you? And yes. thanks for nothing, Pablo. I was about to say Schick's goal. But... <laughs> <laughs> so what are you picking now? What's your moment at the Euros? That's I'm picking his first goal, no? his header. So I'll go with fixed oh, I think Pablo said that one as well, to be honest. Then did the you hear it? I think he did. <laughs> and either yes. one of the goals, I think, we'll just share among us. Yes, yes. There is one guy I'm thinking, I wonder if Ed's going to pick it out. And speaking of which, Ed, thank you so much for tuning in once again. Pleasure to have you on. How are you, mate? Are you good? Are you well? I am, Tom. Thanks. What's your moment well, of the Euros? Well, yeah. It's not a good day to go third, I guess. But um, <laughs> out, of, out, of the, out of the goal, out of the, the Schick goal, just, I'll get to mine in a second, but the last two steps of that Scottish goal goalkeeper, when he knows everybody <laughs> on earth knows. You can see, I hope no one that's listening, I hope you, me, I hope no one ever feels as lonely as that guy felt for the last, as he as he's watching and he know everybody knows what's going to happen. But um, I would say... Um, I'm well. I'm pulling for Belgium, and um, when uh, when you're starting right back or starting uh, pullback fractures is is you know that was I that was ugly. Yeah. Then, but yeah, but then uh, but then you see uh, Munia come in. You think, all right, this guy. <laughs> like if that's your backup, everything's going to be all right. So uh, yeah, no, I don't know. It's there's been. So many great games. So it's uh, yeah. I'm surprised no one said uh, Yarmolenko's goal for Ukraine against the Netherlands. That was quite a, a screamer. Or talking about Phil Foden get hitting the post. I mean that that for me was that moment of oh England are gonna <laughs> mess this up again. But no, thankfully Raheem Sterling coming in uh, and winning us the game the other day. Uh, my dad enjoyed the fact that Wales didn't win. <laughs> Every time Wales are on, it's just, no, don't want him to win. So that was probably his highlight. Hopefully seeing them go out. Sorry for any Welsh fans. My dad is not supporting you, I'm afraid. Um, but no, it's, I think it's been a really good tournament so far. And I think there's some really good talent that's been on display. And of course, meaning that anyone that plays well or just appears at the tournament is obviously going to be linked to Arsenal. And we are obviously here to talk about Arsenal's transfers week by week. Uh, Ed, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I'm not going to go into specifics and, and ask you about specific transfers just yet. I want to kind of know what's what's been, not even necessarily your highlight of the transfer window so far, but what's, what's really annoyed you about the transfer window so far? I want to know the thing that's really got on your nerves, other than the fact I've been doing a show every single day. Other than that, what has it been? Well, about that show, it's, it's rather uh, exclusionary of North Americans since it's at... <laughs> oh, have we lost him? I think we may have lost Ed. Ed, uh, we've yeah. lost you for a second. I think you may um, have to go and reset the router if you can hear us, mate. <laughs> he's, we'll get we'll get Ed back in a second, but he's he's having some connection difficulties. Pablo, I'm going to let you go first, and obviously steal Ojo's answer. What's what's been the most annoying thing about the transfer window so far? is the wait at the moment, just waiting around for something to happen. We're linked yeah. with pretty much every player in the world at the moment, but just nothing's happening. And you see, like, I, I know the problem is I know that we have to wait for us to get rid of players first before um, you're going to really start seeing many players coming in. But it's just frustrating. It's like even like Shaka is supposed to be going to Roma. 
that's not sorted out. And then you've got Gunduzi apparently changed his profile picture the other day on social media. <laughs> that's what we're to. That that, is that's like, the highlight. He's looking at people changing <laughs> that, their profile pictures. That that was probably the best thing that's happened this week. And it's like <laughs> seriously, it's it's just waiting and boredom of absolutely nothing happening. And the problem is, you then start question like thinking to yourself, right? We've been told to be excited, but nothing's happening yet and then this happened last year and the year before and the year before and you kind of then start thinking is this just uh another transfer arsenal transfer window again do you do you think it's a little bit soon to go mad i mean we're only two weeks in to the window i mean actually no we're not even true we're a week in to it being actually open so is it is it too soon to have a meltdown yet i was having a meltdown on the first day it opened and we didn't <laughs> 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 no, I mean, yeah, it's, it is probably too soon, especially with the Euros and everything. And we know our situation where we've got to get rid of a lot of players before they come mm. in. But oh, just, as an Arsenal fan, you can't help yourself. But there's so much lack of trust in the in the system and the board and everybody that yeah. you're kind of thinking to yourself, are they just stringing us along, making sure like we're all like, it's okay, something big's going to happen at the end. And then we'll sign up one player. <laughs> Yeah, well, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. I mean, it'd be a shame for every tactical breakdown I've done to then end the window with one signing. Probably a player that I didn't even cover. That's what's going to happen. That's just the way it's going to work. Uh, Ojo, for you, what has, what has been the most mind-numbingly annoying part of the transfer window for you so far? The Cronkies are still here. <laughs> it's a good answer. It's a good answer. And that, because, see, we could have... I actually feel sorry for you, Tom, because you're up there every morning you know, with hope, <laughs> with effervescent hope. You know, every day it's like Buendia is here, it's almost there. No, it's gone to Aston Villa. And now we're like Locatelli, Locatelli. No, Locatelli is not coming here. Yeah. <laughs> then we go to Sambi Lokonga. Lokonga probably likes Leicester more than Arsenal right now. Uh, the biggest... <laughs> I like Leicester more than Arsenal right now. <laughs> I think I think the biggest transfer we could have done this season was to get Daniel Ek into the door. But if that is not going to happen, mm. I don't think uh, I have given into apathy. Actually, this season, every transfer window, I would be like a lunatic refreshing my Twitter page every yeah. you know day for the three months or so till we start the season. Only to see you know our biggest signing or biggest name this year is William. From down the road, but uh, this season I actually don't expect much to happen. Maybe we will we will definitely sign some players. We might have some outgoings, but is it enough for uh, our actual aim? I don't think so. Yeah. I think we will still be struggling for seventh or eighth next season. But the Discord channel would be fun, so that's Always something to look. Positives. For. Always the positives. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> more less positive rather, or more positive is is the return of Ed, who we're hoping is going to be back now. Are you with us, Ed? Can you hear us? I believe so. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. All right, here we go. Uh, All right. So tell me, we'll try and get an answer. You started off talking about North America and then it just went dead. So, yeah, your, your, your 3 a.m. daily shows, it's, it seems a little. I have to <laughs> I'm sorry. Kind of excluded us, I can't control time. This, but, I have no power yeah. over that. No, it's so early to be in, you know, to, your question, I think, was something that's annoyed us, right, so far. Yes. So it's it's so early. Uh, I, I And every, every window. Two years ago, I was I got way too into things. So last year, I kind of tried to step back a little, and then you get pulled right in. And now you've got your show every morning. So yeah, um, I, I wasn't as 
worried about uh, Buendia as, as apparently some people were, but it's, it's so early now. <laughs> for instance. Yeah. That was probably my highlight of the, the most annoying part of the transfer window so far is, is probably been the Buendia situation because I, I, I think I lost it a little bit on the reaction show. I think if you go back and watch the show, it's annoying because it's one of the most viewed videos on the channel. So I think there's something like 24,000 people have watched me melt down about every Buendia not signing for Arsenal, which is great. And then the next morning, I've obviously listened to a few other people, spoken to people, had a chance to kind of reflect and realise that, oh, you know, actually, it's it, we're going to be okay. There's a lot of other options out there. Or we, we'd say that. We haven't actually signed them yet. Speaking of which, the story that we're going to start with, Pablo, is the news that Martin Erdegaard, who was apparently our priority in that position... He's not going to be coming. Uh, he's very much staying at Real Madrid next season, according to The Athletic. Is that a disappointment to you? Is Was he your priority target in that position? Uh, I want to say priority target. It would have been a good player to have, um, but I want to say priority target. Um, he, he'd done well in this sort of loan spell that he had with us. Um, I think there's he didn't sometimes get the credit he deserved more towards the latter part of the loan because he did put a lot of work in and... People weren't was just expecting him to create and score goals all the time, but he, as an overall player, he really put a shift in and done really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, Tom, I was kind of expecting it. I knew as soon as um, Zidane left Madrid, um, I knew that they were going to keep him. And if they were to sell him, it'll be for a real high fee, and then I wouldn't. I don't think he's worth the fee. I look at the, I look at Erdogan and go. I think he's a great player. I think he's got a real good future ahead of him. But for fifty million pounds, I just can't justify that type of figure for him. To be honest, I mean, Ojo, do you does it does it worry you that Arsenal have have basically fixated on him at the start of the window, which has meant that when Aston when they realised Aston Villa were very much in for Buendia, that they probably bid a little bit too late in the process from the way that we've we've heard from the story of how it kind of travelled and evolved over time. And do you think the fact that now they're not going to get that priority target and they've missed out on Buendia is going to be a big issue? Why do we expect something better from our transfer team anyway? If you're planning to bring Odegaard the next year... I need some positivity, year, <laughs> I need something. If you're planning to bring Odegaard the next season, you should have done the deal when we are still in March or April. Because you do, you knew Zidane was on touchy ground and Zidane was the only reason that Odegaard might come back. And the point that they got Carlo Ancelotti, a person who loves to play number 10s, he, he managed to get Ames Rodriguez from Madrid into Everton. Of course, Odegaard would want to play for Real Madrid. At least he'll be getting Champions League. We are, we are hoping for Conference League next season. So that would be the same. So the fact that we we lost out on Amy Buendia, it's, it's, it's not the player actually. Is the fact that you know Arsenal was interested in Bundia. It was the interest was there from January, and you knew Odegaard was not going to come. So mm. why didn't you just go and pay the people are complaining? You know why? Why are we? We should not have to pay sell-on clauses. Every club has a sell-on clause in the contract. They just charge the buying club more for that ten percent. So the fact that we lost a player and we lost a player to Aston Villa, and we lost a player that we were interested in, and he was interested to come, but we just daily dallied hoping for someone to show. And now we're just, you know, left lonely at the party and both our dates are not shown up. Yeah, he's going to stick with me when we get, if we keep on like seeing these weeks go by and Arsenal aren't moving on an attacking midfielder and I'm going to be looking at Buendia in an Aston Villa shirt next season. Like Part of me, obviously, I want to see him absolutely tank. It's a lose-lose situation for me because if he tanks, it's great. 
But at the same time, I want to get absolute pelters from all the people that were like, you said he was going to be good. Look at what he's doing at Villa, which is always... Yeah, but there is hope, Tom. There is Philip Coutinho who's available for 15 million. (laughs) (laughs) Why? No, honestly. I mean, Ed, does that that entice you at all, hearing that Coutinho is available for 17 million? I'm I'm not sure which year's video I'm watching right now for something like this. I'm watching uh, watching a, a rerun. So, no, we'll we'll Fakir. I like Fakir Sabatu. There's there's other options, and I I'm with you. I think Odegaard if it's fifty, no, not even. Oh, great. Everyone's saying we don't know the the full pot for for transfers, but mm. it's not that big that we can throw fifty on a guy that he's he's fine. I don't I, like Fakir. I really like. I think it's he brings a whole different skill set, and um, if it ends up being him, a much different type of player than maybe um, we have right now. You know, the kind of guy that that real like an aggressive attack. He's like, and obviously different position, but he, he reminds me like a Alexis Sanchez kind of not maybe a guy you'd want to hang out with, you know. Uh, but man, he he really. He goes for it, you know. He's not a, not a finesse mm-hmm. guy at all. So, um, yeah, kind of has that. Maybe if like if Mesodozel and a fire hydrant had a baby, you know, it would be, uh, it would <laughs> be this guy. You know? he's, just, he's just he's just so like he, he just attack. You know, he's just small and and uh, goes for it all the time. So a guy like him, Savitzer, I I really like. And if if rumor, mm-hmm. I have somebody put in the in the comments, that's back a ways, but uh, like 15, 18 million. I, yeah, I, th- I heard I the, uh, well spent, the Athletic was saying it. Here it is Brad Richardson says Marcel Sabitzer for 15 million is a steal. Um, so, yeah. I would agree. It's, it seems like there are deals to be done this window, despite Arsenal being quoted ridiculous fees whenever we seem reported so for these players. I mean, it's frustrating when you see like Arsenal for Granite Jacker, we'll come on to him in a bit later, but seeing the fees being associated with us selling him, Willock going for like 20 million when we were asking for 30 plus. And then as soon as we go after anyone, the price that comes back is just ridiculous for Arsenal, a club that aren't even European football next season. It's just part of the deal, I suppose, that we have as being an Arsenal football club right now. But the big news today, of course, was that Arsenal had a bid rejected for Sambi Lakonga. Now, I'm not expecting all of you guys to have religiously watched this uh, 20 year old from Anderlecht. Uh, however, Pablo, what I will ask you is that is this type of is this type of a move exciting for you does it entice you to think that oh okay Arsenal are looking at a young guy from Belgium that's got a lot of potential and is highly rated and it's a bit different to some of the poor business that we've done over recent years buying Chelsea cast-offs or spending a lot of money on players that are not necessarily got any sell-on value but it's a bit different than what we've usually been expecting yeah I mean it's exciting I've seen a little bit of him I can't lie and say I've seen a great deal of him but a little that I have seen he looks like a decent player um my only thing is I still stick to the fact that I still reckon that I mean he's a young guy coming from a of no disrespect from the Belgian league which is not very not up to the Premier League standards um you'll need bedding in time you'll need time to settle get used to the league and so on and so on and so on I want someone that's like come from the Premier League that is ready, that has actually played in the Premier League, is ready to just oh, come if in. If only I could think of someone. I, oh, I, I can't. Apparently quite. there's a rumour going round. I don't know if anybody heard. There's a rumour going round about <laughs> <laughs> this guy from Brighton. I don't know. Ben White you're talking about. Yeah, Ben White. That's, that's the worst. <laughs> no, but, you know, for me, I think that's the way we need to go. We're not in the position where we've got a stable midfield that we can afford to bring players like him 
to sort of bed into the team, learn off the current players that we have. Um, I, I think we need to pretty much buy an already made midfield people that are used to the Premier League, got experience, and are just going to hit the ground running. We, we really can't afford to take on a lot of players that are too young without the Premier League experience and expect them to come in next season and just tear the league apart. It ain't going to happen. Yeah, I think there are obviously a lot of whenever we talk about Basuma or, or whatever, they obviously it lights up the chat box and everyone wants to see Arsenal get this guy. I mean, Ojo, does it? It is a weird one for me, the Basuma one, because he is seemingly so well liked by the Arsenal fan base. There is so many clear and obvious signs that he is keen on a move to Arsenal as well, and it seems to be just the willingness of the actual club to to go and do a deal for him that that's stopping this from happening. Brighton are seemingly open and kind of reserved to the fact that they know he's going to leave this summer. Does it surprise you that Arsenal maybe aren't as interested? I'm not surprised you. It's not going to surprise you. But uh, do you think it's? Does it frustrate you? I suppose that seeing Arsenal not going for someone that is so clearly valued by so much of the fan base, and also not only from a fan perspective, but he is genuinely a very good player at the same time. I remember Luis Suarez. No? How interested he was to come to us. Oh, Forty plus one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the fact with Bissouma, what I see from the past transfer window, maybe I think that Arsenal already have this player in the back, or maybe they have a deal with him. And maybe it is similar to party there, where they try to find their higher priorities. And if nothing else works out and they know the fans are going to protest again on Sunday, then they go put the money in for Bissouma and bring him out. But our luck, there are plenty of other clubs who would happily take Bissouma into the midfield. And I think come even second week or third week of July, we would be seeing links of Bisuma with other clubs because they are they would be far ahead in their transfer shopping. And if a club like Liverpool or if Leicester lose NDT or even United, I think United are also looking for a, a CDM. So Bisuma is just there. It's not that Bisuma is only waiting for Arsenal. I don't think that is true. I think he's waiting for a club that's above Brighton in the league and. You would love to come to Arsenal, but anybody above us, there are like seven clubs above us. So any of mm. those clubs, you would happily go to. I think that the thing with Basuma is, of course, that we keep seeing it's a, it's a really easy story to report. So as soon as you see something or a story saying Arsenal are stepping up interest, which I saw 90 Min ran an exclusive on that, which is a, again, it's, it's, it's a safe thing to report. You can't get caught out on that if it's not true. And it's a really easy thing to kind of say. If you want to, the, the kind of reports that you want to see regarding Basuma to have any kind of credibility is where there's genuine values placed on a possible bid about possible talks going on between the clubs, about a bid being rejected or accepted. But if you see stories about Arsenal stepping up interest or Arsenal are um, thinking about making a bid or they're considering going for Basuma or they have an interest in the player, it's, it's really difficult to kind of read into those kind of links. And it is obviously going to... even Bisuma is he's playing his own part. Or at least his agent is playing the part yeah. with all the Arsenal photos and such. I think they're just playing the market because they it's know... It's not subtle, it's a, is it? It's, it's very obvious. It is almost like how Wilfred Zaha was doing it earlier. Every mm. season you get an interview is how he's an Arsenal fan at heart and... And maybe if Spurs put a bid in for him, he would happily go to Spurs. I don't think the players care so much for the club at this point. I don't think we are at a position where we would have players clamouring to come over here. So, if we have an opportunity to go get Bissouma, he's willing. I think we should do it before other people turn this way. When other when 
people are um, what do you say distracted by the euros a, a, mm. a smart club would be finishing their main priorities right now but going by the reports that bizuma is not actually a priority and when we can't afford 35 million for a player i don't know who we are going to get i it's the thing is well i don't really want to fall into the trap of saying like obviously we didn't beat aston villa for Buendia, we didn't match their bids so that means we can't afford a player that's worth more than that i don't buy into that theory because for me it's just every case is different every player is different arsenal will assess that player and think well, this is their value this is what we're willing to play if another club are willing to pay more than that we're not going to go and overpay for this player and i think that's probably a lot of the factors that happened with, with Buendia and also the fact that Aston Villa really pushed for him and wanted him and, and knew what he was going to be doing at Aston Villa and Aston didn't really have their kind of their shit together uh, as people have been using that word this week uh, to really kind of get um, him him sorted and in the team. Uh, so I think that's, that's ultimately what Arsenal need to do if they want Lukonga, for instance, is that we know the price that they want. I don't think it's much of a stretch to go from 15 to 20 million euros. It's a difference of about three to four million pounds for Arsenal when you're selling as many players as we are this summer. Just pay the money. Get the deal done. Get this kid in. He's exciting. We're not the only ones interested. Monaco, Milan, Dortmund, Bayern Munich are all interested in Lukonga as well. It's not a case of Arsenal are the only ones in for him. That argument doesn't really fly with this target. So, it is frustrating with both Lukonga and Basuma that we're not maybe pushing the boat out to get these guys, but we'll just have to see how they play out. In regards to the guy that they're replacing, though, Ed, Granite Xhaka, this this one is kind of one we expected to be done a little while ago. The amount of reports that were coming out, he's agreed. What we do know is that the deal on a personal level for him is pretty much done. He's apparently agreed a five-year deal with Roma, and it's now just a case of Arsenal and Roma agreeing a fee. Now, that hasn't happened because supposedly, and it does sound pretty unbelievable from an Arsenal standpoint, but apparently Arsenal being very stubborn about the money that they want for Granit Xhaka. They're not willing to be bullied into accepting a fee lower than what he's worth. And that fee is supposedly around 20 million uh, euros, which is still an amount a lot lower than a lot of people expected. But considering the bids that were coming in were around 50 million euros, it is positive to see Arsenal kind of digging their toe in a little bit with this one. Yeah, it is. And and going back to the Buendia thing, right? If they valued him at 25 to 30 max mm. and played that and played it and it played out and it didn't work, and then they're doing this with, with Jacking and saying he's, he's worth 20 and we're going to get 20. Um, no, I mean, that's I, I think that's a positive. I guess the, the one problem with it, though, is if we wait till the end of the window again to do all our business, mm. if you're worrying about pure value versus what you're going to end up paying, you know, you might be left with nothing at the end. So uh, the jacket thing, I'm, I'm sure it's still going to happen, right? I mean, his, the, he's gone from the team. You can you can see it in everything yeah. he says. And, and frankly, if I'm if I'm a player, I wouldn't want this stuff announced while I was playing in the Euros. You know, because what if if you have a particularly bad game the next game, just purely coincidentally, you know, everyone will say how distracted you were about you know this. Yeah. They can do all the business behind closed doors and announce it afterwards. And and uh, but I don't think there's any doubt that Jaka isn't coming back. You know, he's. Do you think we need out. two central midfielders if he leaps, rather than just the one that we look to be targeting? Oh, I oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, like you were saying about Lakanga, if if he's the only signing, I I, thought, I don't I think we'd be kind of very shorthanded. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, if you can do the get Lakanga and. And Basuma, yeah, I think we'd be in great shape. Much better than we were last year, anyway. 100%. I mean, if you think about Xhaka and 
Sabios and then say Basuma and Lakonga, that's a certain step up for me, a considerable step up between those two. I don't think you, I think he's a step down in regards to maybe passing wise, um, accuracy, and we know what Granit Jackin can give us in that area. But I mean, if you watch a bit of Lakonga, you'll see his passing is still very good. He is very adventurous, progressive in the way that he wants to play the passes between the lines. Basuma, whilst his passing is is not on that level. His defensive abilities and his mobility are that much better than Granite Jackers at this point, which is important. Um, is, it, is it true? Is Lakanga the captain? Uh, yes, he's captain at, at age 20, 20. 21 yeah. or something. Yeah, so that's that's a good sign too, right? Like you know, those are the yeah. kind of you know human being types we're bringing in, as opposed to the obviously a, a good player too. I like the look of it. I think that it's important to sign players. I think maybe that's why we're seeing links to someone like Ruben Neves, who was captain of Porto at an extremely young age and has those qualities as well. Arsenal are looking for leaders and they want these characters in their team. And Lukonga seems to fit that profile. Apparently, as well, I had a rumour that he was recommended to the club by Thierry Henry, who, of course, knows him from working with the Belgian national site. So that's an interesting one. Let's move on to our final transfer story and then we'll go to questions from the chat box. So if you do have a question, guys, that you would like to throw into uh, the chat, then you can do use the capital Q and it should show up. But Pablo, final thing to talk about is Ben White um, and Arsenal's kind of interest in centre-backs in general. Over the last week, we've seen Arsenal been linked to Edmund Tapsoba, to Jules Kunda, and now Ben White has come up as a the priority target, as I understand it now. He's moved ahead of Jules Kunda in that respect because they feel like... To give you kind of some background on it, what they like about Ben White is the fact that he's obviously got a high ceiling. They see him on a big rise from when he was at Leeds, helping them get promoted, how he's developed this year. They like the fact he's he's English and he can communicate and transition and assimilate straight away. And they see him as a player that's liked by a lot of big clubs and they want to move. But that's all that aside... The biggest debate around the Ben White signing isn't necessarily around his quality. It's about the actual position and, and the kind of Arsenal's priority of signings this summer and the fact that we've got Marie and Gabriel and uh, we've got Saliba coming back. Mavropanos is still here holding. Chambers can all play there. And although we, we've, la- we've lost David Luiz, there's big questions about do we already have enough centre-backs? So what's your thoughts about the position and about the links to Ben White in general? Uh, I think he's a brilliant player, to be honest with you. I really like him. Um, I think price is a bit high, but English players tend to be <laughs> over, over. The price is inflated massively. As soon as they're English, that's it. You're paying through the nose. Unless they come from Arsenal, then you can mm. get him on a cheap. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, his price um, is one of the things that concerns me. I think as a player, he would be a real good addition to to our back line. Um I think what a lot of people's issue is is that they seem to think that as soon as he comes in, Saliba's going to pretty much just be walking out the door. Um, but as I've, I mean, watching your shows, you mentioned it loads of times, he, he plays on the left side a lot of the times anyway. And we've got Gabriel, we've got we've Gabriel, Saliba, and then if we do get White, it's, I mean, that's an amazing option. So we've got Anne Marie as well, Pablo Marie. That's brilliant. Then that's our back, well, our back two completely sorted, in my opinion. So I'd actually go for him. I'll drop, try and drop down on the price, but I'd go for him. I think he's a decent player. I think that fifty million is a lot. Um, I understand the price. When people talk about how Saliba was twenty-eight million, is White really 
12 or 22 million pound more than him you'd have to say that the him being english playing for a premier league club is going to significantly increase his price he's 22 he's now an england international so yeah i think 40 million is probably what you would expect to pay from a player going from brighton i mean you look at how much leicester bid for dunk that got rejected that was around the 40 million figure as well maguire going for 80 million to manchester united like this is kind of the figures that you pay for these guys and so it is always going to be that case let's um Ojo, what do you what do you feel about why is he for you someone that you're interested in are you happy to see those links or you'd rather see arsenal spending that kind of money on other areas of the- no i don't mind how much arsenal spend if they're going to spend 50 million on a player that's just not out of my pocket so let them go buy it but uh if he's going to improve too, no? so it's good signs in arsenal spend that much money is it not until i mean for someone like yourself who obviously is, is very much aware of the fact that you want to see that the owner's gone but seeing them spend money or seeing the club spend money on a decent player is a good thing, is it not? But we haven't signed the player, so I don't know if they'll spend the money. <laughs> I'm tr- I'll throw me a bone, son. I'm trying to get... <laughs> no, but, but if they're going to go sign Ben White, then that, if it improves the team, then I'm all for it. No, I understand people are worried if Saliba will get his space, but if he's not better than Ben White, then he shouldn't play. Why should we shoe on players just because we like them? Even if you're going to get a very, very, very good number 10 who's going to block ESR's spot in the team, but if he's going to elevate the team to another level, I'd say go and get that player. I I think there is a, a, a burning debate whether we should get players who are so good that would block our youngsters. Um, but I think if our youngsters are good enough, they would rise up to the challenge. You know, someone like Saka, it doesn't matter whether you have Pepe or William, he's, he's still going to play in the team. Or you could have youngsters like Ainsley Mingle, right? So we had an open slot still waiting for him at right back. But uh, he doesn't want to do it. So if we are going to get Ben White, if that improves our team, or if Arteta or the club thinks it's going to improve our team, I think we should go and get the player. Uh, lastly then, Ed, finish uh, finish us off on, on the White conversation. Is he someone that interests you and do you want to see him at Arsenal next season? Yeah, I'd be fine with it. Um, I think uh, Holding had a good year, a better than I would have thought, but I think he was good for Rob Holding. I don't think he, you know, which is great for him. But uh, mm-hmm. I think over time we have to get to the level where yeah, we, we have two good players fighting for a position as, as opposed to being pleasantly surprised that Holding held up for the season. So, yeah, um, it, it does seem like a bit of a lot of money, but realistically, for an English center back, that's, that's the going rate. So that's what we pay. I like how you said it there. It's, it is a good way to kind of picture it as we shouldn't want to be surprised at how well Holdings held up, as you said. I want a player that comes in and we're going, he's good because we bought him and we knew he was that good and he's being that good rather than Holding being, oh, Holding was great today. Maybe, maybe he could be someone for the future, but we want someone that's we know he's going to be good and that he also intimidates other sides like your Van Dykes and your Ruben Diaz's of, of this world. I know that we can't go in for those types of players yet, but we need to be aiming towards that kind of level as much as possible. Let's go into the chat box then and get as many questions as we can. So we're going to try and go through as many as possible. So try, guys, to keep your answers as condensed as we can and we can go through more of them. Uh, Roshan Pablo says, now that Arsenal uh, have missed out on Udegaard, who do you expect us to move for? There's already been links to players like Fakir and Julian Brandt. Well, I don't know. To be honest, but there's so many rumours out there that we link to. So many players that, like, to be honest with you, we'll probably end up going for someone like Fakir if the price is right. Um, 
but yeah, I've, I'm a bit down really about the transfer window. I literally am. You're I'm on the wrong done. show. I am literally. <laughs> it's so frustrating because you're linked to so many players and then they come and go and then he's like, oh, we've pretty practically got this player and then he's disappeared somewhere else. So, yeah, I don't want Brandt. Definitely don't want Brandt. I don't think mm. he's the right player, but I'd prefer someone like Fakir, someone like that. would be someone a decent player. Mm, yeah, for sure. Interesting. I think Fakir is someone that a lot of people are liking and, and liking his profile. So we'll see how that one moves. Um, any updates on Bellerin? I mean, I personally have none regarding that situation. But Ojo, are you expecting Bellerin to move on in this window? And if so, who are you looking to bring in in his place? I think Bellerin might move on. Not because uh, the club wants to sell him most, because Bellerin wants to go. I think he is... Mm a little dissolution with all that has happened in the club. But I don't think he f- sees himself as a starter anymore. Or I don't think Arteta sees him, uh, him as a starter. I don't think Arteta sees any right back as a starter. So uh, this would be the best market for Bellerin to go. Who he will get in, I was hoping after your you know, tactical breakdown, Jackie Shelley would be good. But the mm. Turkey game kind of put uh, wet towel on. Don't look at one game. <laughs> don't look at one game against it- Italy. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to buy Alexander Isak based on one game, I think, you know, Jackie Shelik has to pass the test as well. Uh, mm. But any any decent uh, right back would do. I'm, I'm, is the, are there very outstanding right backs? Even Max Harrens, you know, are they mm. actually in the market? I don't know. Everybody is someone we, we are hoping for potential. Maybe if we had gone for Emerson from Betis, that would have been different. But I don't think we're getting that. So yeah, as long as we reinvested properly, or somehow managed to convince Ainsley to stay and play right back for a season. I think we could. Uh, Ed Adian uh, says, uh, is Edu back from holiday? And the reason why I picked this one out is I'm interested for your thoughts about this one. Do you annoyed to see our technical director take a break? Is he, is he you very much? Nope, 24-7, 365 days a year. You should be working on Arsenal. No, I think it's naive to think that they're working every minute of the day and... and... The way the world is now, I mean, I, I, I'm working in my basement every day. So no, I, I don't, I don't think you have to be sitting at your desk in an office. Um, mm. And the whole world is proving that right now. That no, you can still get deals done, whether you will or not. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole <laughs> other story. But um, in the meantime, no, I don't. I, whatever. It's a long season. The, the stress these guys are under now. If it, if it helps clear his head to get away for a couple of days, but still keep in touch, I'm fine with it. Pablo, Ed Welch says, with Kirantini's injury woes, do you think that we should be targeting a left-back that can more actively compete with him? Uh, I didn't at first. I'll be honest with you, but I'm changing my mind more and more. <laughs> his, um, his injury is starting to scare me. I love the kid to bits. I think he's such a good player, future captain and all that sort of stuff. But, God, he's injury pro, isn't he? And that, that's that's a that's a big worry because if we get mm. someone that isn't up to that level, if he's as injured as much as he is, we, that's going to be a weakness in our defence. So I think, yeah, I think we need to go for someone with high quality on the left back now just because of his injuries. Yeah, my views kind of have, have shifted a bit. I do still think someone like Ryan Bertrand is good enough cover because he's of a developed kind of age at, at 32. Or, or is, it, is it 30? I think it's 32. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when if he's coming in to be that player in that position, then if 
we know that Tierney's injuries can develop, but say Tierney's fine for those two years, maybe you can move on from that and then you go and get maybe a younger prospect after Bertrand's contract runs out. It's, it's just a really delicate situation um, with, with the Tierney bit. He, he would be ideal, Bertrand, I think. He would be the ideal mm. replace, like someone to come in. But that's another one that's sort of died down as well, isn't it? It has, yeah. Even the even the Leicester links to him have died down. So maybe things are going on behind the scenes that we just don't know right now. Dyer, hey, uh, Ojo says, if we get uh, if we go for Ben White, do you think that means that we cannot go for Basuma? Do you think that Brighton would allow us to take two of their players? Sure. If you pay the money, I think they would be happy to you know, let us take off half their team as long as they're paying the bill <laughs> but uh, I, I will Arsenal go back to the same team to do uh, two successive signings in the same window I don't think so I don't think we have the uh, what do you say the guile what is the word maybe maybe, maybe or even the tactical nuance no. to yeah. Uh, yes yeah to to go get two players you know it's like okay we're going to pay 50 for Ben White oh there's another player with B over here in this list what about this, this? <laughs> we I, love I, the I, B's we do like I, the B's I, I, I don't I don't think so I think it's Ben White and probably Ruben uh, Neves from Wolves I what I feel is Arsenal are in their uh, plan F or plan G at this point because uh, uh, their biggest uh, idea was they were going to win the Europa and get into Champions League and everything yeah. was going to be fine. But uh, that didn't happen. And uh, probably the owners thought, okay, Super League, that is going to happen. We'll use that money. But that ain't happening either. And Europa didn't happen. Conference didn't happen. So now that we're looking at the Premier League, so we probably think, ah, Willock is coming back. He's probably a 40 million midfielder if we are going to buy him from another team. Why don't we just use so we'll just uh, buy Ben White, show players, show the fans that we got somebody for 50 million. And we'll just say at the end of the transfer window, there was not enough time to go back for Bisuma or spin the news so that uh, Brighton weren't <laughs> willing to sell two of these tasks this season. It's, it's going to be the same. Uh, no. I hope you're wrong, but I fear you're not going to be. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, last question then from Patrick uh, Fortuyn, uh, who says, uh, what do you think about giving Saliba and Gabriel time as our main two defenders next season, Ed? Well, uh, they have a couple of months to, to see Saliba before the season starts, so they'll have a much better feel for whether that's uh, a combination out of work uh, or he's going to cut it. Um, I'd be fine with it if he shows. Um, I, that might not show that uh, maybe the team is looking at this as a year to really progress up the table, but um, to give these guys some time, um, get them together. Uh, and even though they're both young, if they're going to be our future, just get it started already. We've already had a couple of bad years. Just, uh, you know, if it, if it takes two, three months to really gel, um, then, yeah, it's it's worth a try, especially if our other options are holding their chambers on, on the right side. So I'm fine with it. Speaking of youth, I'll take this final question from BOM, who says, do you guys think that Aziz and Charlie Patino are going to be given game time this season? Uh, according to, to Chris Wheatley, uh, Aziz is basically being assessed the same as Saliba in the preseason. So they're looking at him to see if he's got potential to play in the first team and be around the first team squad. Patino is very much a long-term project. He's still exceptionally young. He's got a lot more development to do. He's only 16, 17 years of age. 
Um, so he's still got a lot more development to do. But Aziz is certainly someone that, that the club are looking at as, as maybe integrating into the first team, but they'll see how he gets on in, in pre-season. And with that, that brings us to the conclusion of today's show. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, the chatbot that's tuned in and throwing your questions in. We do these every single Tuesday. Um, but we're going to be doing another transfer show special tomorrow. I'm going to be joined by Chris Wheatley himself of Football London to have a lot of chat about Arsenal transfers. And I'm also going to ask him a lot about dealing with the fact of being a journalist, covering Arsenal uh, to these crazy fans. We're going to talk about that and a lot more as well and get some inside insight as always. But I'd like to thank my guest today. First of all, Pablo, always a pleasure to have you on, son. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, thank you for having us again, Tom. Um, you can find me at Pablo Mira Eleven on Twitter. It's starting to go up now. I've got a few more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw it's good. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're on about eleven you when get. you started. I <laughs> you're was literally the same amount of followers as in your Twitter handle. That is that's where it's, it started. Now, that's what, that's why I got the eleven there. <laughs> I yeah. didn't think I was going to progress. <laughs> the OGs we call them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good yeah. stuff, mate. Good stuff. You can find him on Twitter, Pablo Mira, 11 indeed. Uh, Ojo, uh, you won't be able to find him at Cronky Out, but you will be able to find him where he's going to tell you in just a second. I'm not very active on Twitter anyway, but uh, you can find me at, uh, at eokitoken. I don't know. Yeah. I've left it in the description, so uh, you'll be able to find it there as well. Uh, thank you, Ojo. Much appreciate your time, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tom, for uh, the opportunity. And just uh, one small question. Maybe it's a big question. Mm-hmm. But, uh, even if no, we get all... <laughs> <We're> not... <laughs> I was just feeling, you know, even if we do get all our targets, you know, even if we get a right back and uh, Ben White and Bissouma and Ruben Nevis and Odegaard, is it going to change our position in the table? I don't think so. Oh, is that down to the manager? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't think it is just the down to the bat. I don't think the targets that we are going to sign are so good to lift us up four places into Champions League. It's an interesting one, isn't it? You'd have to say if we bring in a Basuma, if we bring in a Neves, if you bring in a Lokonga, an attacking midfielder of quality, a good right back, does that squad get into the top six next season? It's compared to the other teams, the top four teams yeah, who finish this season. It's tough, isn't it? I mean, maybe I mean you look at Leicester's team and you have to think if we had those targets, I think it it, it compares quite well, but they're coached so well, they do they're, they're doing fantastic. And you look at the other squads, the quality that City and Chelsea and Liverpool and, and Man- I mean Liverpool next season are gonna have back their defenders, they've already signed Canate, so they're they're gonna be a force once again. It's really tough. The expectations that are on Arsenal to get into that top four are crazy. Um, and it it's just to sign the players necessary is exceptionally difficult without European football. And it's just kind of a negative cycle that we've got stuck in at the moment. This is why I'm cronky out. Yeah, we need the big investment if we want to be up there with them, that's for sure. Uh, Ed, always a pleasure, mate. Tell people they can find you. Uh, I'm not Twitter. It's too much. Find you the Discord. Yeah, just go Discord. Discord for sure. I'll be there. There we go. Thank you ever so much, Ed. Much appreciate your time, mate. Thanks. No problem at all. As I said, you can find Ed and all the other guys in the Discord server, which if you want to join, you need to become a member, as these guys are, and you can get the opportunity to come on the show, as all of Ed, Ojo, and uh, Pablo have done today. You'll find us tomorrow morning back again at 8 a.m., as always, or if you're in the West, as it is at 3 or 2 a.m. in the morning to tune in for your latest Arsenal transfer news. Um, And then we're back in the afternoon. Uh, We should be having a chat with Chris Wheatley. So that should be a good and interesting talk for you guys 
to enjoy so please make sure you do i'll see you again guys very very soon it's been a pleasure to speak to you as always and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around and you've got a mcnuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfection order now on the mcdonald's app for your mcdelivery you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans.